What's going on, everybody? Love Welcome Talk to Radio. Sports, the final cut. You know, with myself, Mr. DC Sports, a.k.a. Dre. You know, some people know me as either yes, one. Sir. And I got my man right here with me, Damo Rowe. That's been my boy for a while yes, on sir. here, man. We're going to do this thing together. So, you know, what's up, Damo? What's going on with you? Nothing much, man. Ready to talk some DC Sports. I know the people been waiting for, you know, the true fans, true people that, that do not have any type of agenda to just talk about DC sports. That they can, uh, You know, I, I use the term FUBU. is for us, by us, and us being hey, fans. Sir. So I'm just ready to get this done. Yes, sir, man. You know, and I've been wanting to do something like this for a while now, you know, just to get this uh, a, a fresh take on things. You know, I, I feel like everybody out there, you know, they got their radio shows, they got their opinions, and, you know, I just wanted to get on here. And, and eventually when we get our feet wet, when me and Damo get this thing going, we're going to have more to offer with the show and everything. But we want to get this thing kicked off and let let y'all know, you know, how we feeling on things. So, of course, we're going to be getting yep. into Redskins. We're going to be getting into Wizards. We're going to be getting into Nationals and eventually Capitals. You know, we're going we're to get into all of that, but we want to, you know, mm-hmm. kind of start recapping a little bit of this Redskins off season, you know, because we haven't had a chance yes, to, sir. you know, put our stamp on this opinion, you know. So, Damo, man, how you feeling so far about the all? I mean, are you feeling good about this, man? I mean, do you, do you feel good going forward? Because, you know, past couple of years, we've been kind of, you know, up and we don't know how to feel about the Redskins, but with <laughs> this previous off season, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's yep. your take so far? Like, how do you feel on it, man? I, honestly, I'm loving this off season so far. You know, it's been a quiet off season. There hasn't been too much drama. You know, if, if going into the off season, if all we have to worry about is Josh Norman or Dancing with the Stars, I'm fine with that. <laughs> you know, that's a big change from the previous regimes. Even though the last about four or five years. We've been pretty good with our off seasons, but this particular off season, I'm very happy. You know, the draft, the, the, the some of the free agent pieces we that we brought in, mm-hmm. it hasn't been too loud and it hasn't been too quiet. So I feel like we've done a very good job. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. And people have probably seen my tweets over the last couple of years. I've been more down on the Redskins than I have been in recent memory. And, and you know, I know we've been borderline right. playoff team last couple of years and all of that, but it was just – it was a monkey hanging on our back, I felt like, and it was more to do with just the football play on the field, even though, you know, as Redskins mm-hmm. fans, we're accustomed to, you know, all of the extra stuff. But that whole Kirk right. Cousins is, is he going to be here long term? Is he going to be this? And then – you know, I mean, I'm going to be honest. You know, people know I wouldn't be the biggest Kirk Cousins fan. <laughs> so, me, me, and, me, yeah, me. And, and, you know, the, and it showed when the games were on the line, we, we, didn't, we weren't able to – he wasn't the guy to put us over the top, in my opinion. And I'm not saying Alex Smith he is going to come in here and be a world beater and whatnot, but Alex Smith, you know what you're getting. He's a – team leader, and, you know, if you put a good yeah. team around them, you can you can play football. And I do love the fact that we have Alex Smith signed long-term, yep. you know, at least for the next three years, foreseeable future. And we can also – I mean, we started building around him. You know, that was one thing people were saying when the trade happened for him and Kendall Fuller. You know, they said, well, mm-hmm. he hasn't brought the offense with him from Kansas City. And I said, well, you know, you got to let the offseason develop, you know. But I do want to get right. your opinion on that, though. How do you feel about Alex Smith, going, you know, coming in with the Redskins, Damo? Man, 
I was just talking to a couple of friends about this yesterday. You know, I I love, love, love that movie. Now, you know, when it first happened, you know, everybody seen the Redskins trade away Kendall Fuller and all the Twitter madness. So about the, the first 24 hours, I was like, wow, did we really just trade away the best slot cornerback in the league, the number one ranked slot cornerback in the league? And then as time went on, you know, I, I said to myself, you know, Dominic, would you have been happy with going into – this offseason with Colt McCoy as your starting quarterback or Joe McGough, some random guy off the street as your starting quarterback, said to myself, no, because you need a starting quarterback. You have to give up an asset to get an asset, you know. Kendall Fuller is very Absolutely. good, but cornerback, they, you can get those in the draft. They, they they just come, you know, especially from school they like do. Virginia Tech. They do. And Greg Stroman, I'm, I'm very up on I'm very high on him. So oh, we're going to get it to him more later. Yep, franchise. Yep, you cannot get a franchise quarterback just right off the street. That's not something you can just get. So I love that. I love that addition because you know Kirk Cousins. He was he was cool, you know, but he was a more of a stat stuff for them. You know, it looks good on paper, you know, four hundred yards. But at the end of the day, what do we have to make up for that? L's in the in the win or loss column, goal line situations. He was not that guy to get those touchdowns to do this to do that. You know, he's the best looking quarterback. From the from the thirty yard line to the opposite forty yard line, he's the best looking quarterback. But we have to have a quarterback that's going to be able to lead the guys, and a quarterback that wants to be here. That's a big thing. A player that yep. wants to be yep. where he is, that's a big key. People don't think about that; they just look at the outside thing. So I'm very high, on Alex Smith. Oh man, I agree one hundred percent with that take. And the thing is, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want to make this about too much about Kirk versus Alex here. But when you know right. people talk about Alex Smith, a lot of the cliches were thrown around where, oh well, you know, Alex Smith is Mister Dink and Dunk himself. But <laughs> I feel like Alex Smith, yeah, I, I, honestly, I feel like Alex Smith is a coach's dream. Alex Smith is going to give, yeah. he's going to give the coach what the coach wants, and. Mm-hmm. I don't like to talk about OTAs and training camps too much as far as get, taking too much from these things. But from the reports right. I read so far coming out of OTAs is that Alex Smith is taking the chances that Jay Gruden likes to see. But like I said, I don't. I want to take that with mm-hmm. a grain of salt so far because it's just OTAs. And it was just the first OTAs that we got, uh, I think, I believe two more of these in a mini camp coming up. So, yep. you know, we'll see as things progress how they go. But Alex Smith, I feel like he's going to give the coach what they want. He's the coach's best friend. Andy Reid loved Alex Smith. But, I mean, he politics did. in NFL happens. You know, you you, you draft a guy like right. Mahomes, he's your future now. So you got to make way for your future, mm-hmm. you know. And But here, I feel like Alex Smith is exactly what we need. You know, we needed a veteran guy who has probably seen just about everything thrown at him. And let's get this straight here. Yeah, Alex literally. Smith is one of those guys who's getting better just about every season in his career. You know, literally I mean, last year he was still, yeah. candidate. That was his best season. You, we're, we're talking 33 mm-hmm. years old. He probably post his best season in the NFL. And that was because, and, you know, you read a lot of the reports of the Kansas City Chiefs. They asked him to do a lot more last year. You know, they didn't ask him oh, to do a lot of the stuff he did last year, previous years. You know, so, mm-hmm. and – yeah, and you, a lot of that can be attributed to a speedster like Tyreek Hill over in Kansas City and then the running game with uh, Kareem Hunt. 
But you got to look at what the Redskins have. They're putting stuff around them. You know, Paul Richardson is a speed guy. He may not be a Tyreek Hill, but Definitely. Paul Richardson can make plays. He can make plays down the field. And then you bring in Darius yep, Geis, who we're going to talk about more later. Yeah, exactly. And he can have a Kareem Hunt-type impact, you know, in this offense. So that's why I say with a guy like Alex Smith, and this Damo, as you mentioned, and what I love that you mentioned, Alex Smith is a leader of men. You know, Alex Smith knows how to lead, yep. comfortable leading. You know, I don't think you're going to have mm-hmm. a problem if Alex Smith leads somewhere where teammates are looking at him saying, well, this guy, you know, I, you know, they're going to say some generic things about him. Like when he left Kansas City, you mm-hmm. got heartfelt messages from a lot of his players, even guys like uh, yep, on Mark Peters. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of respected minds respect Alex Smith, and they know what he can do. To the casual fan, yeah, mm-hmm. he may look like the dink and dunk artist, but to people who know the game and study the game, Alex Smith is a proven veteran who can win in this league, you know. And, and you one put thing, the right guys around him, that, you can win. And one, th- and one thing yeah. on that dink and dunk thing, if you, if you look at his game last year, a lot of those games, that was one of the first years I've really seen him, you know, take. Like you said, give his players opportunities. If you see a one-on-one yep. matchup on the outside, he was actually throwing the ball downfield. It wasn't like mm-hmm. there were certain times, mm-hmm. Cousins, it would be third and nine or third and eight, and he would just dump it off. Or he would just throw a four-yard pass and expect Chris Thompson or Crowd or one of those guys to just make a play on his own. No, you a have security to give blanket. your players chances. Yes, a security blanket. You have to give your players chances. And that's what I loved about him. Yeah, and you're gonna. I think you'll see that a lot more. I mean, you know, we we remember hearing the reports about Jay Gruden had his issues with Kirk not taking chances, and I believe you know that may have been a little. I, I think honestly, there was a little bit more there than we probably even seen in the media. You know, they made little passive aggressive jokes to the media and stuff. You know, Jay, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to put too much out there, but that whole he thing he always took stood out. I wanted to. He had thirty touchdowns. Thank you, thank you. You know, and I'm not saying Alex Smith's going to go out there and be gunslinging, but Alex Smith, you know, and because he's always been known to be safe with the football. But I do believe Alex Smith, if he gets a report with the with the receivers, he's going to take some chances and give guys chances to make plays, you know. Definitely. And he has a lot of these guys around him now to actually, you know, I mean, not saying he didn't have it in Kansas City, cause he had, but he had two guys in Kansas City who everyone talks about. Right. No one talks about anyone else. They talk about Hill and Hunt. Those were the two guys. But here, you're going to mm-hmm. have Darius Geis. You're going to have Chris Thompson. Mm-hmm. You're going to have yep. Jamison Crowder, who, you know, I believe, I still like Jamison. You know, a lot of people are down on Jamison Crowder. Yes, yeah, maybe in, by his terms, a, a down year. But he's still one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. He was his first two years. Yep. You know, and I Definitely. still got a lot of hope for Josh Dotson on the outside. I mean, Josh Dotson, I believe he's one guy who would have benefited more by a quarterback taking more chances and giving him more chances, you know. And then, of course, yep, Paul Richardson, as we talked about. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I I love I, I I'm a you know I asked you how you felt about the offseason. I I love what the Redskins have done this offseason. You know, I may not be the biggest Bruce Allen fan, you know, but <laughs> I do I do like, like <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, we'll get in there some other time because you know we could probably talk for <laughs> days on Bruce Allen alone. But you know, <laughs> who knows what the future holds for him? But you know, as far as going forward. I like what this front office has is kind of achieving with this team. They they know what they want out of this team, and they're not just doing random things. You know, they're they're right. picking their spots. They're drafting pretty well. And you know, speaking of the draft, you know, I guess now we can talk a little bit about the draft picks, man. 
What was your favorite pick in this draft, Damo? My favorite pick in in this I'm draft. You on the well, spot here, man. I'm Come give, on, Damo. I'm a, can I can I give my my top three picks? Because I it, it's kind of hard. Uh, okay, to look all right. My all right. Favorite. I'm a you got it. Top three. Top three. I'm gonna give a top. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. My first favorite pick, of course, was Dayron Payne, D tackle from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He's very, very underrated. I went back and watched some of his high school clips, and his pass rushing ability was off the charts. And I believe that was really something that Alabama did not really utilize him in the right way. With I'm not gonna say the right way, but he was in the Alabama. He was more, you know, taking up two blockers, three blockers, so the other guys could eat. So they want to pay, you know, he specializes in stopping the run. That's what we need, like 100%. I believe we were last probably in stopping the run. That's what we needed so bad. So yeah. Deron Payne, um, you know, there he is, guys, guys, baby. You know, I get you gotta you gotta love that pick, man. He, I see different pictures of him out in the community, or even when he's back home, he has on his Redskins shirt, Redskins hat. Like he's really excited to be oh, here. He is happy. So I'm really <laughs> happy for that. And my and my last guy is Tim Settle, D tackle from Virginia Tech. I believe he has a Pro Bowl ability if he can keep his conditioning up, and you know, just keep that attitude that he that he has that we that we made honestly. But those are my top three honestly. Yeah, and yeah, I guess to follow you? up on you, and I, I do apologize, Damo, for putting you in the spotlight. That was a hard question. <laughs> like, not I mean, honestly, honestly, I would have you handled it great because I would have did the same thing you did. I was like, can I get a top three? <laughs> but no, um, <laughs> I'm, I'll be honest because you know I don't want to sit up here and sound like a hypocrite or nothing. But initially, as the draft was going down. I was a big Derwin James and Mika Fitzpatrick. I was big on these two safeties. And those were attractive picks. Those are, those are the sexy picks, as you know, some people call it. So when we picked Deron Payne, my initial reaction was, oh, you know. But then I immediately told everybody, this was the same reaction I had when the Redskins picked Trent Williams over Eric Berry a few years back. Definitely. You know? So – I had to say, okay, this was a necessary pick. This may not have been the mm-hmm. sexiest pick at that pick with Derwin, Derwin James still available, but this was a necessary pick. And Deron Payne, his personality to me solidifies that pick because as I watched him, I watched him talk, I watched his press conferences, he just seems like one of those quiet kids that all he knows is football. You know, he all he, yep. is, he just wants to play the game. You know, he just wants to get down and do what he do. He is not into the extra stuff. When they brought him in with his family, they showed it on the Redskins uh, YouTube page and the website. He brought he brings his whole family in. He brings everybody in. He's not yep. bringing an entourage in. You know, and this guy's all business. And to pair him up with his Alabama buddy Jonathan Allen. You know, I am really yep. excited to see what this defense and line could do because before Jonathan Allen got hurt last year, this team was actually we stopping the run. Yes, top five. Yes. You know, him and him and Ionidas, those two yep. guys. Ionidas took a hell of a leap, man. Oh, he took a leap last year, and him and Allen paired together. They were allowing others around him to eat, but when Allen got hurt, everything went downhill for that defense. It starts from those trenches on out. You know, so you add a guy like Deron Payne, and as you mentioned, Tim Settle. You know, this is a true nose tackle. We haven't had one of those. We went to the three four. We have not had a legit. Diggy Hood was not the answer. 
No, no, Stacey no. McGee. And who, who else did we get? We we had uh we we plugged in so many guys that we wanted to be nose tackles, and none of those Stop. guys worked at this. You know, it wasn't natural at all. Yeah. Even Barry Cofield, so, want to go back to no, those days. Yeah, and Barry Cofield was good, but no, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't what we needed at that nose tackle position. You know, I mean, he was okay nope. for us for a little bit. You know, I mean, but he was still under Not he was Cornelius a tackle Griffin, from, in my opinion. Oh yeah, yeah, and, Corn- and Cornelius Griffin, and he wasn't necessarily a nose tackle. He was more so D tackle. Nope. You know, because he played with those yep. Greg Williams teams. He was there. You know. So, but Tim Settle, I don't want to put too much pressure on the young man, you know. I mean, but I believe, you know, everything given about him from the he's Virginia, another Virginia Tech boy like Greg Strowman, you know, he looks oh to be, he looks the part, he looks the part, and yeah, and as you mentioned earlier, Greg Strowman, that and I didn't know much about the guy because I'm not into Virginia Tech football as a lot of people are around this area, but Greg Strowman, right. man, I think he's going to be a sleeper. I mean. Right now, mm-hmm. I might start him at punt return. I might put him at. I might. He might be my starting oh. punt returner right now. Oh, he. You know, and yeah, I like teams as a crowder, but you know, yeah, <laughs> right now. Oh, and man. this is a guy who you know who I, I've talked to some Virginia Virginia Tech guys, and I've looked at some you know some film on the the guy, and he looks like a guy that can develop into that slot corner as we talked about with Kendall Fuller, you know, leaving that position mm-hmm. vacant. You know, I mean, and and we can kind of get into this now. You know, you look at a guy like Orlando Scandrick, you know, he comes in, he can hold mm, this position, yes. he, can groom, he can groom guys like Greg Stroman for this position. Yep. So veteran presence. Exactly, exactly. You, so you have, what yes. do you think about the, um, I'm going I'm to name these other these other picks we have. So you have in the round, well, actually round three, we took Louisville off of the tackle, Jerron Chris. I love that pick as well because at Louisville, I watched a couple of their games. And during the games, he would be switching from left tackle to right tackle mid-game. Like, Louisville was probably the only team, team that would do that with his tackles. And Chris Cooley, he uh, broke his film down. He, said, he stated that he could come in and be a starter right now. Of course, he's going to have to put more weight on. That's going to come when he gets right. to the NFL weight room as time goes on. But I love that pick. You got uh, – he can Mr. He can run run Troy Apsey from Penn State. <laughs> that's my that's yes. another sleeper. You know Monte Monte Nicholson type. I, the same way people are counting him out, which is kind of pretty much the same way they counted Monte Nicholson out. So I love that pick. And with the you know Trey Quinn for for president in two thousand what twenty. <laughs> Trey Quinn, you know Mr. he got his Mr. own fan club. So. He does. He does. <laughs> What's your thought on that? On this guy, Trey Quinn? No, and yeah, um, starting with Geron, Geron Christian. Um, I hope I'm saying this mm-hmm. right, but <laughs> but yeah, yeah um, it was who that that was a pick. Well, a lot of people scratched their heads. I didn't. I, I, admittedly, I didn't know much about the, about the guy, and I love ACC football. I watch a lot of ACC football, but I don't sit there and watch all of the offensive linemen. I don't sit there and analyze every woman I'm watching a game. But all right. initially, you know, you, you're thinking as a Redskins fan, the biggest weaknesses we have in the offensive line is the interior. We're thinking left guard. Who Definitely. started in left guard? So a lot of Redskins fans are looking at that. Yeah, exactly. And we just got him back. That's a guy we just uh, – we signed him late again, you know, but – when the Christian signing happened, my first question was, can he play guard? 
You know, I didn't realize, you know, he was a swing tackle. So Christian, you know, reading on him, and I'm like, you know what, this pick makes a lot of sense on second thought. Yep. You know, this, and, and and that's because the health at our tackle spots, you know, you know Trent Williams, he's, he's Mr. All of it. You know, Trent Williams is that guy. Yep. We, we know what Trent Williams is. But Trent Williams plays a lot of games hurt. In some games, he, you know, he can't play through. And Morgan Moses, he gets hurt on the other side. And, you know, Ty Neshecki, he's a guy who's kind of held down swing tackle for us for the past few years. But he's yeah. a guy that's looking at the move inside now. You know, okay, I don't know how that's going to work out. I have to see how he plays as a guard. I mean, you know, but. Christian, I feel like, is a great draft pick looking on it because he's a young swing tackle who can play both sides, as you mentioned. You know, Chris Cooley said, I I saw the Chris Cooley report too. So you got to look at Christian as a guy that can come in when needed, and that's going to be needed. I mean, we've looked at the rest of the last few years. Trent Williams plays hurt a lot. Morgan Moses, I don't think he plays 16 games every year. And this is mm-hmm. we are talking about important positions. This tackle position is important. You know, we need yeah. to keep Alex Smith upright, you know, and last year you've seen it. We played games with makeshift offensive lines through the injuries. <laughs> so no no one's gonna yeah, question it, you know, right this pick the when exactly. You know, no one's gonna question this Christian pick when you see guys going down with an injury, and he has to step in. And if he, I mean, no, I, I don't know how he can step in, and you know, if he's how impactful he's going to be. But that's mm-hmm. death, and that's needed in this league. Definitely, you know, yeah. And who else you mentioned? Uh, Troy Acty. That's uh, yeah, the runner. Safety. Now, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and you know, and Damo, you know, you you sentiment a lot of my thoughts, man. Um, we, a lot of Redskins fans, had the same reaction to Monte Nicholson last year. At the same, no one knew anything about Monte Nicholson. No one knew anything nope. about him. I, don't, I remember looking on YouTube for this guy and seeing maybe like two hits. I seen like a two-minute yep. video, two-minute highlight <laughs> video for Monte Nicholson. I asked Michigan State fans, who is Monte Nicholson? What does he do? No one knew anything. Right. No, uh, the most I got yep. out of Monte Nicholson is he looks the part. He doesn't do any much. He does. He's fast, but he doesn't understand the football game. That's what I heard about Monte Nicholson. And this guy, Acpe, Acpe, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yep. he's Apke. a guy who we know from the NFL Combine, Deion Sanders, you know, he went crazy over his 40 time, you know. So <laughs> I know he has a lot of work to do. I'm not going to put the same – I'm not going to expect him to be Monte Nicholson coming out the gate. You Definitely. know, he seems raw. Exactly, he seems raw, but he seems. But what I do like hearing about him, and also hearing from him, is that he is willing to put that dirt in on special teams. That's a big mm-hmm. thing, you know. Who, who was our last Adama? Let me ask you this: Who who is when you think Redskins special teams in your recent mm-hmm. memory, your Redskins fan history? What name yep. comes to mind for you as a Redskins special teams player? Mr. Alexander. And then we your years. Yeah. Thank you. You read my mind. Lorenzo Alexander. Now, we haven't had <laughs> Lorenzo Alexander here in years. We haven't had that since all he left here. Wants to play special teams. Yeah. And we complained about special teams every year. So we need somebody yeah. to be that. Now, I don't know if Acti is going to be that, but we need that. You know, but, you know, yeah. and that's, that's where my expectations lies for him right now. I'm not expecting him to come in and be some kind of defensive 
you know, great for us or a, even a starter at this point. You know, we got our starters right now as far as we know it, you know, health-wise. We hope, you know, health stuff, you know, keeps mm-hmm. up. But, you know, so, but, yeah, I mean. And the, the one and, thing about these yeah. guys that we're bringing in, like, we look at where they are right now, but we have to look at who are the coaches that uh, will be coaching them, their position coaches, and that's going to be the big key. You know, the D-line, you have one of my favorite D-line coaches, Ever probably, Mr. Tom Sula, he's just a maniac. Yes, I love just yes, seeing clips of him. You know, we're gonna murder somebody and all of this crazy stuff. You know, you want that from your D line coach. And then our defensive back coach, from Mr. Toy and Gray from Virginia Tech. You know, he's a guru. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. that's really what I'm looking forward to. The, them getting coached up, and they want to get coached up. They're gonna accept that. So. Yeah. Exactly, you know, and that's and that that's where character comes in. You know, that's what we talk about drafting character guys. You know, Scott McLuhan started that culture. You know, so was so Graven. You know. so. <laughs> oh man, you know, we don't want to get that mob started. We <laughs> <laughs> don't need any more of those. No, we absolutely not, man. You know, I, I try not to speak too much on the kid because you just never know what someone's <laughs> going through mentally and, you know, him. But he got yeah, issues. Yeah, definitely. That's what I, I know. He got issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a lot of it comes from craving, you know, his last name. You can use his last name. He's craving attention, you know. Definitely. That's where like a lot of his issues come from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that just came to mind, man. That was a freestyle. But, yeah, so, you know, <laughs> but, no, I mean, you know, the coaches is another thing to talk about, you know, like Jim Thompson, man, he's he's a guy, he's a well-respected guy, man, you know, even you know, they ask every one of the D-line prospects to come in, you know, what do you think about Jim Thompson, you know, how is this guy going to help you develop, and, you know, Payne, crazy. he had a funny answer, yeah, Payne, he's crazy, man, <laughs> So <laughs> I like that, man, you know. I mean, but that's he has a lot of fire and he's a lot of passion. And we need mm-hmm. that. We need we need people to bring that out of these guys, man, you know, because the football game, you know, that's just the, the physical part, you know, that's one part of the game, but just the mental part, man. You need some you need you need every part of yourself invested into this to come right. out. And we we hadn't had that a lot of these years, man. You know, so I mean, any other prospects you want to talk about with the skins um, going forward, Dom? I mean, you know, like I said, we talked about Acpe, you know, settle, and what was um, is it, we got a the line, six round the pick. linebacker from the, yep, Sean Dion Hamilton. Oh, Sean Dion Hamilton. Hamilton. Yes, yep. I love I like that and, pick as well because you know you, you know the the one knock with him was injured a lot. You know he. Had a broken kneecap one right. year, then the next right. year it was like ACL or some something like that. But when you talk to, um, I've seen a lot of reports when they spoke to the, the different Alabama players, and they say who was the guy that would get you all settled into your position, or who was the leader of the defense, and they would say Sean Dion Hamilton. If you look at his tape, he's just everywhere. Number twenty, he's just flying around to the ball like you can see him getting his. When the safeties have to communicate to the linebacker, they're communicating to him. He's getting everyone, you know, lined up. So I really like that pick, especially for the middle linebacker position. You know, depth is a big thing there. You know, you have Mason Foster. Who knows if he's going to come back, you know, as fast as he can with that injury. You know, mm-hmm. you have Zach Brown, Montreal Spate. So you can't, you can't have enough middle linebackers. So I, I love that pick as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I've seen some of him, too. But I watched some of his videos before I actually read about him. You know, I was like, but damn, mm-hmm. how did this dude fall? You know, I'm looking at, like, this guy, right. he's flying through every everywhere the ball goes, you see him, you know. But then I read, okay, he's injury prone. I said, okay, all right, well, that makes sense. And I did read that he's a little bit undersized, you know, at the middle linebacker right. position. But, I mean, that's fine. I mean, you could build his body up. But death, I mean, mm-hmm. death is the name of the game. Injuries happen in football. Yep. You're Someone's People, players are going to get injured every year. You need guys that yeah, be able does. to, you know, hold it down. You know, yep. and like I said, we we know as well as anyone in this league <laughs> what injuries can do to a team because we had, mm-hmm. I think it was us and the Ravens that had the most people on IR last year in the NFL. And it was crazy. I mean, like, after yeah, that Raiders crazy. game, it was just like everyone was dropping. <laughs> you know, it was just unfortunate to sit there and, you know, watch. You know, you're just thinking that's that Redskins luck. I mean, we hadn't had it that bad, but. It was bad, and nope. you know I feel like a lot of these, you know, especially the draft picks, they addressed the death, you know, a, a lot of death yeah. that we were concerned about going into the season, you know. But um, free agency, and, you know, kind of switching mm-hmm. gears. Mm-hmm. Now we signed a couple of guys. Um, Paul Richardson, of course, we talked about, you know, speedster, Orlando Scandrick, and another guy, you know, we had we hadn't mentioned yet. But Pernell McSoon, mm-hmm. yeah. he's a guy that, you know, we were we needed another edge rusher, and that's what he does. Mm-hmm. And we were looking at Junior Gillette, you know, but Junior Gillette, you know, I guess it was money issues with him. But Pernell McSoon, you know, what, what do you know about him, Dama? What do you think about him? Well, Pernell McSoon, I know he's 280 pounds. He's probably about 6'2", six, 6'3". Two hundred and eighty pounds outside linebacker. You know the Redskins got a picture of him over this last past week, and I was like, this guy is huge for offensive linebacker. You know he can get to that passer, yeah. but he specializes in stopping the run, and that seems like that's been a big thing for the Redskins. Um, you know, front office is getting big players that can stop the run because you know, like one of my favorite analysts, analysts Fred Smoot, he said, you gotta have the bacon up front. You gotta get that the guys that want to eat that, want to do the dirty work up front. And he's one of those guys, you know, he's, he's had a few injuries, but like the, um, the, the old previous Redskins GM, his name was Bobby Bethard, of course. We also know about him. He, he specialized in taking chances on players with injuries, such as drafting players with different injuries and, and free agency. Cause you know, everybody, it's football, right. you know, everybody's not going to be 100%. You have to take some chances and when they work out, you look like a genius. So I love that Pernell McSee. And that will also give Mo- uh, Ryan Anderson the motivation to, okay, we're bringing people in. I need to, you know, really get on my on my job and really do what I need to Absolutely. do to improve. So competition is the biggest thing. You need competition. If there's no competition, people are just going to be stagnant. And competition yep. leads out the, the people that really want to play football and sewer craving and the people that don't want to play football. So, I love that addition. Yeah, absolutely. He was a, he was a good um, signing as far as salary cap goes as well. You know, I mean, he, he didn't break the bank much there. And, um, you know, it was a guy – I think he was down to the Redskins and Falcons when it came down to it, and he picked the Redskins. It always feels good to win those little one-on-one free agency battles. But, I, I like you said, no. I love it because, you know, this is a rotation thing we got going here. You know, 
this thing doesn't stop at the starters, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You rotating guys yep. in, that, in the lines of the linebackers. You know, that, that defensive line rotation, you need to have about six guys that can rotate. And then the outside yep. linebackers, you you got to come at them a ways. You know, we got Kerrigan and Preston Smith on the outside. And as you said, we need Ryan Anderson to, you know, take a leap this year. And I'm I, I'm not going to get down on him after the last year. And, you know, a lot of people probably put a little bit too much expectations on him out of his rookie year. You know, Alabama, you know, people expect Murphy. more. Thank you. Thank you. And, yeah. I, and I, I'm guilty. I was a big advocate against Trent Murphy. And this guy, it, what was it, his third year he came in, and that's when third he shot. He, he was able to sign his big deal in the free agency after his free agency year. So, Anderson, this is just his second year coming in. And this is not a guy yeah. that who, you know, you're, you're concerned about as far as not having a motor. Ryan Anderson breathes football. He, he loves he the game. And he's competitive. Super competitive. Yep. So I think the expectations, honestly, Damo, I think the expectations come from playing for Alabama. When you come at Alabama, everyone yeah. looks at you as NFL ready. You know, that's that's the yep. mantra that a lot of Alabama players have. So if you don't come out the gate having this superb season, people are going to say, oh, well, I don't know about this guy, you know. And then they start thinking of ways they can discredit you because you played for Alabama. Like, oh, Nick Saban runs his guys into the ground. But, no, I think I, I think Ryan right. is going to be fine. I heard he's lost a lot of weight. You know, that's a guy who I expect to see take a leap this year. You know, so that's the – and then you add Pernell McPhee to this group. you got four – guys who you can probably count on to make an impact from the outside position. And this is mm-hmm. coming from the defensive line guys who are going to help you eat now. You got Ionidas, you got Tim Settle, who hopefully, yep. you know, he can develop and do something. But I don't want to put too much on yeah, him. But, yeah, it's Anthony Lanier, and this is a guy who's starting to come on. You know, that's the guy. And then also a guy, too, D.C. native, Phil Taylor. You know, I mean, he yep. got hurt last year, but he looked good in preseason before he got hurt, but we'll Very see how good. he recovers, you know. And, of course, like I said, Jonathan Allen, you know, that's that's your star right there on the defensive line. And these guys are going to just make life easy on those outside linebackers. So I do like that Pernell McPhee signing, man. I mean, I feel like it's one of those underrated signings that, you know, and, and he's not going to be a guy that's going to come in and get you a whole bunch of sacks, but he's going to help in what we talked about earlier, that run game. He's going to set that edge. You know, that's what he's known for. He he knows his spot. He's going to get to that edge. He's going he to does. Set it. And, yeah, yep. so he's going to really help tremendously in that running game. And you know, Donald, you know we need that. We need this, that run defense in this division. We playing we, in yep. Saquon Barkley Definitely. now, Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, that deep, Philadelphia Eagle running the top. top Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully. Uh, one thing about me, if it's ever Cowboys Yeah, I'm always going on Cowboy plays. I got nicknames for all of them. People are learning. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we need all of them nicknames, man. We need all of them because we're going to be going in on them. You know, I'm ready for them. So, <laughs> crop top Elliot. That's what's up, man. We're going to turn into yep. a tank top this year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know. So yeah, we we need it. You know, Dallas offensive line. You know, they 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 got a reputation around the league for being one of the best. And of course, like I said, Super Bowl champion Eagles, man. You know, so we we got to come in them trenches, man. And we we know that's what that's where the priority lied this season. And I was so glad to yeah. see this front office finally go in them trenches and give us two guys. You know, we got Deron Payne and Ooh. Tim Settle. That's two guys for Tom Sula to make his money yet. And now he can develop. 
You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I guess to kind of wrap the Redskins talk up, man, you know, we want to get into a couple of other things before we get out of here. But do you have any predictions or expectations going forward for this Redskins team, Domo? Like, what do you think, man? What's what's on your mind? So, you know, I I believe that we we will be a very – Good team. I'm not going to go out and say, oh, yeah, Super Bowl. But, you know, last year, going into the season, a lot of people didn't have the Eagles doing what they did, except probably Eagles fans. Eagles fan. So I, I believe that we went, we after this off season that we just had, we filled a lot of holes and we added depth to a lot of positions, like a lot. And we have, you know, we'll have young players that were previously drafted. They're going to get better as time goes on, such as Fabian Moreau and different players like that. So I have us being very competitive. Very, I have us making the playoffs, actually, because we have a competent quarterback who knows what to do. It's Josh Dobson's third year. You know, it takes wide receivers at least two to three years to really find themselves. We have an offensive line, and we finally have a running back. This is my favorite running back franchise-wise since Clinton Porter's. Alfred Morris was cool, but Clinton Porter's was really the last franchise running yeah. back we had. We have a nice defense. Yep. Um, barring injury, our defense is going to be bananas from the D-line to the safety. So, I have us actually going to the playoffs next year, barring any crazy injuries. And you know what? That's not far-fetched. You know, a lot of people look at you and say, oh, you got you the Redskins go playoffs. And I'm not a much of a prediction person, but I think you have to talk about the Redskins being in that category this year. I mean, we've been, what, on fringe playoff team, borderline playoff team last couple of years, made the playoffs one of those last three years. And, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't take two – I mean, you know, a lot of people are going to talk about the losses, but they also made upgrades. I mean, they made, you know, like I said, the running back position. We've upgraded this running back position. You know, we can actually yep. – we have more flexibility on offense now. You know, and defensively, you've got to look. We, we've had a death there now, you know, and that's the name of the game. You know, people are going to talk about Kendall Fuller, but – who was talking about Kendall Fuller before the 2017 season started? No one was talking about Kendall, exactly. Kendall Fuller. So, and like you said, now no one's talking about Fabian Morale, a guy like him. He's a guy who can emerge and be a guy like Kendall Fuller, who you talk about at the end of next year. You know, so, yep. you you know, and we, I, like I said, I, I like the depth that this team has added. And I, I like where this, what this team is doing right now. So, I don't like predictions too much, but I will say this team should be in a mix for a playoff spot this year, you know, even in a tough division. I agree. Yeah. So, hail to the Redskins, you know. Hopefully, you know, we can finally smile. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) ATPR, baby. (laughs) Let's see, you know, hopefully, you know, we're going to talk much more about Redskins, the coming shows that we have, and we're going to get more into this thing. But uh, switching gears, man, we want to, you know, go into a little bit of Wizards talk here, you know. And, I, <laughs> and as far as the Wizards go, I'm feeling a little bit like, you know, kind of how I felt like about the Redskins in previous seasons. And this is due to one name, and Damo knows, Ernie Grunfield, the, the president of basketball operations for the Wizards. And... <laughs> It's a guy who's just – he's with the second-longest tenured GM in the NBA right now. And 15, 14 and years – And all the other ones that are top five him. have a ring, have at least one ring to their name. He doesn't belong in the conversation. He doesn't belong in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Donald, what, what's your feeling 
going forward with the Wizards right now? I mean, as far as, like, do you feel like this current core that this team has right now, do you feel like they need to blow it up? Or do you feel like this team just needs to somehow find a way to add another piece? Now, it's kind of multi-layered because I would say we need to blow it up, you know, you know, a Raptor-style culture reset. But I wouldn't say blow it up from necessarily. Our, our top three players that I would not want to touch would be John Wall, Bradley Bill, and drum roll, drum roll, Kelly Oubre. Now, I love Otto Porter, oh. but... Okay. You know, I, 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 it's, it's auto. He's cool, but I love dogs. It's something that you cannot teach, and that's that dog mentality. That's that I'm here on the floor. I'm checking you. I'm guarding you. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm getting my shot. I'm if I'm getting a teacher and pay what 120 mil, all that crazy money. Even though that's not our yeah. job to worry about the money, but we can't really you know go out and do what we want to do. So if John Wall, our franchise player. He wants management to make major changes. Who am I to say otherwise? You know, Ernie Grunfeld, he has survived a lot of things in, in his era. He survived the collapse of the arenas era. He drafted young, I'm going to kiss my girlfriend when I get drafted, Vesely at six overall. He gave Andre. People say I'm the next KD, but I'm not nowhere near that. Black to a five-year extension. He gave in. Skinny leg, Mahimi, a $64 million contract. <laughs> and so, you know, I, we just need, I don't know, we need more bad, more dogs. I would welcome a DeMarcus Cousins or a players that want to be in D.C., you know. I, hashtag LeBron to D.C. Forget it. I'll be the first one to say that, man. We need, we need something done. Something has to be done. So, I don't know. We need that third player. So you need that trio now. So, like, the NBA, you know, we have all these players clicking up now. So you need at least three stars that can, you know, do their thing. So that's really my take. Yeah, no, you, you know, you're right in that aspect is that the NBA, you know, it's always been a superstar-driven league. But now it's a, you know, Avengers-driven league, <laughs> you know, with the NBA. You know, you need multiple stars on one team. You know, I love Otto Porter. Everyone knows that I'm a huge Georgetown Hoyas fan, so I've defended this yeah, guy, talked about this guy <laughs> forever. You know, so and and that's also something I want to say. As a side note, we'll get into more college sports going forward as well because, you know, we could talk Turks, we'll talk Hoyas, all of that. But getting back to it, Otto Porter, it pains me, man, because Damo, you're right. You know, Uh-oh. and – I've wanted this guy to be more than what he has been his whole career. I felt like he can be more than he is. But the problem with Otto is the want to. The problem is the want to. And Otto is content and comfortable being a guy that lives in the shadows, you know, just hides in the Mm -hmm. shadows and, you know, take what's given to him. I mean, which is not always the worst thing in the world, but at at a swing position, you know, at a swing position, he plays in a swing you know, we need a little bit more aggressiveness, you know. Jaylen I Brown mean, cause you can take – exactly. You know, you can take that because Otto is a very skilled basketball player. But it Definitely. is no excuse when you go a whole two quarters and wonder, where the hell is Otto at in this basketball court? Where is he? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I don't know what Otto is. But, you know, and – 
he and that's because he doesn't demand the ball. And I always looked at Otto and I kind of pay attention to how they, you know, his personality. And Otto, I feel like just always looked at this Wizards team as this is John and Brad's team. You know, he just looks at it from that standpoint, and I'm just a guy here trying to fit in. But after he signed that contract, I remember Scott Brooks making a content, um, a comment saying, we don't want Otto to change. We want Otto to still be the right. same player. We signed him, you know, to this extension to be the same player that he's always been. And that, that right. kind of bothered me at the time he said that because I was like, no, I think I want Otto to take his game to another level. Because if you look at Bradley Bill, he took his game to another level every year. You know, he, he you know, he was a catch-and-shoot player at one point. Then as years progressed, he started being more of a put-the-ball-on-the-floor, I-can-take-it-to-the-basket type of player. And also in last, the past few years, you've seen Bradley Bill take on more of a leadership role, you know, and that was what yeah. John Wall heard a lot, you know. So I wanted Otto Porter to look at this team as this is not John and Brad's team. This is my team, too. I make – more, I make just as much money as Bradley Beal now. I can take over this mm-hmm. team now too, you know. But it's just not in his personality. His personality is content with just being just another guy on the court, and it hurts because you know he's more talented than that. So yeah, very I mean, talented, right? And I guess if we go back to the question of, do you blow this team up? Do you keep the core? Personally, it's a conflicted question for me because. I think you need to, I don't think this current core takes you over the top. But At all. on the other end, Ernie Grunfeld should be making that decision to decide who takes them over the top. Because I feel like whatever mm-hmm. decision Ernie Grunfeld makes, he's tied to that decision. So you let him make a trade that could may or may not work out. And if it doesn't work out, if you're looking at worst-case scenario, then you're mm-hmm. talking about this guy is either you have to let him see it out again or yes, and you get rid that. of him and you you have another GM coming and try to clean up this mess he's made. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's a double-edged sword for me, you know. But Really, we need that. <laughs> we need Martin, Mudfoot, Gortat out of here too. At least out of oh, the line Mr. Mugfeet, he just—I don't know—he—he's on Twitter saying things about Wall when he gets hurt and all this other stuff. It's just time for him to go. He's been with us for too long now. We need a gym that has done, has been through the fire before. You know, he that has done what we need him to do before, experience. So, yes, that's yes. Really and yeah, we we you know a lot of Wizards Twitter, <laughs> you know they they're really hard on Machu. What's that? I mean, it's a good reason. You know, I mean, you call yourself a Polish hammer, but, you know, right. you don't look anything like a hammer, you know. So, like a you know. <laughs> yeah, right, man. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, this guy, you know, he talks a lot. He's on Twitter. You know, he's looking at everything people says about him and, you know, I don't care for that much part, but when you're on the court and, you know, you're looking soft and letting sub-six-foot guys snatch rebounds from you, you know, I had a problem. Right. And you, then you start Definitely. team conflict. You know, you had this little conflict with John Wall, and he tried to be tough to about it, but everyone knew what the hell that was about, you know. And 
I also have a problem with the whole Marquise Morris thing. Like, I, I, Marquise Morris, he's another one Uh-oh. who plays when he wants to play, you know. I feel like mm-hmm. Marquise Morris is talented as hell. Everyone knows him and his brother, Marcus, both of them, talented as hell coming out of Kansas. But definitely, the guy shows flashes. And at his point in his career, we don't need flashes. We need consistency, you know. Right. I mean, Marquise Morris will come out and look like a top ten, top eight power forward in the NBA at the moment for one game. Then the next five games, you're like, what the hell? Why is Marquise Morris on this team? What the hell is exactly. he doing? What is he doing? You know, <laughs> you know. So, you know, and, and, and your front court is comprised of Martin Gortat, who you know, who is much softer and you know not as good as you know you would like him to be. Then Marquise Morris, who's very inconsistent, and Mahini, a guy who. Super overpaid, who gives you very little on the court. I mean, that's three guys that's key members of your front court. So that's where you start, I guess. If you if you if you're Ernie Grunfeld, you know you you keep getting these secret extensions every year. You know, Taylor Jones is giving these extensions uh, annual reward. So right, I guess that's where you start. You clean that little mess up there and see what the hell happens next year. You know, I don't know, Dom. I'm just I'm upset with the Wizards right now, man. Super upset. Upset is, is an understatement. After we just put this past playoff series that we lost, it was just I just seen no fight from us, and that sucks because I'm a big Wizards fan. No, I've been a Wizards. Oh fan. yeah, I started yeah. watching the Wizards when we had Chris Whitney and. Jordan and Tyron Louis. We had even when we had Stackhouse, Larry Hughes. I can go on and on from them, and just to see us not be where I feel like we should have been. You know, four years ago, three years ago, if you would have after um that playoff series, with, even with Paul Pierce, if you would have asked me where would we be three years from now, I would have said, you know, Eastern Conference Finals bound maybe, but it's like we taking steps back. Yes, yes, and that's 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 the issue there, Donald. Is the the regression or maybe even stagnant. Either way, there's no progression from where we thought we would be from the last few years. You know, we looked at Mm -hmm. this Wizards team as a team that's ready to break through maybe Eastern Conference Finals. You know, I mean, see what happens from there. But when you can't get past the second round with, you know, these guys, especially John Wall. You know, John Wall is a great NBA point guard. You know, he's Mm -hmm. a great player. You know, regardless of what people might want to say about him, but he is a guy you can win with. But if you're just not giving him the right pieces around him and, you know, you got him around kind of an a, a NBA game that's evolving and to what it is now, and you got him with players that are not with that evolve. Like, we don't have yep. a, a legit stretch for this team. You know, At we all. don't. We you know and that's part of the game. We don't have enough wings to compete in this league right now. And, you know, this is a wing league, as you said. Look at Boston. You know, you got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. You know, you got these Gordon guys Hayward all playing. Pre- it Gordon Hayward, even though he's hurt, but that's another. One. I mean, Boston is a team that is part of this traditional NBA league. Golden State, of course, they are the pinnacle of what it is at this point. Houston. Houston, you know, you look at these teams, and, you know, all of these teams are what you need to compete, but the Wizards are still rolling around with kind of dinosaur players and positions on this team, and you're looking at John Wall because he is the best player on this team, and you're you looking for the blame, and that's who you're going to blame. 
And it's not fair to him, but that's just what it is in today's NBA, in today's social media era. You know, you're going to look at the guy who gets paid the most, you know, and blame him. So I just think, I believe, I, I truly believe John Wall deserves more, man. And it's sad. And I'd, like to, I'd like to give a shout out to the, to, the, to um, I'm, you know, I'm on my Twitter right now. We, we have his name on Twitter. I rep DC Sports. He has a few other nicknames for Gortat. Besides mud feet, he said butt fingers. <laughs> he called him sour patch kid, torso, Gortat. So shout out to our DC sports. <laughs> yes, yeah, th- and thank you for that. Uh, my man, I rep DC sports. You know, he's been one of my boys on Twitter for a, a while, man, but he's absolutely right, man. He he nailed it on. He's giving me nicknames that I can look at. Hopefully, Somehow we find a way to resolve this Gortat issue where we don't even have to worry about the guy. But if we do, I'm looking – I'm going to favor these tweets that my man, I rep DC Sports, made, and <laughs> we're going to use those Definitely. names for Gortat going forward. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, I guess, you know, before we get out of here, you know, let's talk a little bit about the Nationals too, man. And I also want to say to the Capitals fans, um, <laughs> we are going to – definitely start incorporating capitals on the show. I haven't got too much into the hockey, as a lot of people know me. I'm not, you know, biggest hockey fan. I think Damo in the same boat as me when it comes to that. Yep. And But we are going to incorporate that a lot more. I'm, You know, the Stanley Cup Finals is here. I mean, I was kind of scared, like, damn, you know, I hope I didn't put this show on for the same time as the Stanley Cup Finals, but that's right. tomorrow. And I, I want to check it out. It's D.C. It's D.C. or nothing here. You know, we are all D.C. here. And we want to yep. make sure we repping everything. You know, we want to do four for four. And we're going to have people come on. Like I said, in the future, we're going to have guests call in. We're going to have people, we're going to have segments for hockey. We're going we're gonna to have people come in and know what, you know, they're going to educate us. You know, they're going to help us with this whole hockey thing, man, you know. Definitely. But um, I did want to talk a little bit about the Nationals, man. You know, it's early in baseball season. And as you know, we, well, we just in May right now, headed to June. And, Baseball is such a long season, and Nationals started off kind of, uh, but lately they've been, you know, they've been picking things up, and, you know, they are yep. one game outside of the NL East right now, and hopefully this year, <laughs> hopefully this year the Nationals can actually go over the top. Man, have you have you been checking out much of the Nationals lately, Damo? I, I, I have been checking them out. I'm not a huge, like, I don't know you know, the most about the Nationals, but I have, you know, been checking them out. I know Bryce Hopper hit his, you know, his NL leading 16 home run today. And I what's the, yeah, what's the guy's yeah. name? It's Soto on his first, his first oh, um, Soto. Yeah. Yeah. home run Ricky. or something like that. Yep. That, yeah, that was crazy. I was watching that game with my granddad. And I was like, 19, <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, but really, yeah, I was. Absolutely. I just want to see some consistency. You know, same thing that's been happening with the Capitals. And we get to the playoffs, and every year it seemed like they would hit that bump in the road. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm just hoping that this year would be that year where the Nats can, you know, fight their demons and just get over that bump in the road and display right. the talent right. that everyone knows they have on the big stage. Right. So I just want to see consistency from them. Yes. Yes. And and let's hope that the Washington Capitals have broke that barrier, not just for the Nationals, because we know the Nationals have been to the playoffs every year and losing the first round, you know. But let's hope that the Washington Capitals just broke that barrier for all of these mm-hmm. sports and get us over that hump. Because, you know, I guess that stat we read, I mean, that stat's been going around like hell right now, that 
this is the first DC team to what is it get past the conference finals since 1998. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's 20 years. So hopefully the Capitals have broke this little spell, if you believe in those type of things, and get all of DC over the hump right now. I mean, I feel like the Nationals still have a lot of promise. You know, you a lot of pundits and experts expect the Nationals to, you know, finish first in the NL East again, like they have been for the past couple of years. And But this year, they can, you know, let's get past that point. And maybe after we get past that point, because the, the Capitals, from what I understand, their biggest hurdle was the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the Pittsburgh Penguins yep. were their nemesis for most years in these NHL playoffs. And once they beat them, hell, they go to the NHL Stanley Cup, you know, this year. And they're playing against an expansion team, you know, which is crazy to me. I mean, think about that, Dama. That's like, you know, a new NFL NBA team coming in here, and they go to the finals Mm -hmm. in their first year. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I don't know. That is unheard of. I understand they say hockey is kind of like one of those sports where, you know, anything can happen, you know, on a year-to-year basis. And a lot of people complain about the NBA being a sport where you know who's going to play in the finals on a year-in, year-in-out basis. But for an expansion team to make the championship game in their first year, that's That's crazy. (laughs) I mean – I don't know, man. I don't even know about that. I've never. I know that. I'm pretty sure that's never been done in sports before. An expansion team making the finals in their first year, but yeah, I, don't think I mean, it do has you know? Of any Jaguars, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, Jaguars. Nope. I, I remember Jaguars and Panthers going to the playoffs, but they didn't go yep. to the Super Bowl their first year. Not at all. So yeah, that's insane to me. So like I said, I I hope they get a little bit more knowledgeable watching, you know, these Stanley Cups because. I really want DC to bring a parade here. I really want that to happen here. We deserve that would be amazing. You know, we are overdue. Yeah, we are overdue, man. So hopefully that yep. shit, this just brings good, you know, vibes to the whole DC area, the whole DC sports scene, and everyone gets put over the top. So we 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 hoping Nationals, you do your thing. We hoping the Redskins. Oh man, <laughs> that, you know man, that the Redskins could do too. something like that. Oh my god. I mean, dude, like, I would cry. I'm not but even I, an emotional I already dude. talk trash now, but my <laughs> friends and people that I argue with, they know if the Redskins win the Super Bowl, Dom O'Rourke is going to go go crazy. I'll probably have a lot of people block my number for about a, a couple of days or weeks because they won't hear the last thing. They need to take it. I'm sure you got a lot of Cowboy do. fans, friends, don't you? Oh, too many. Family members, everything. They're like yeah. crazy. They're like little ants. <laughs> and they love hitting you up, don't they? When when the Cowboys Definitely. win or the Redskins lose, oh, they 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 un, they unbearable, you know? Mm-hmm. They're like, when you turn that light on and the roaches come out that cabin, that's Cowboys. <laughs> they just scatter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, you know what I'm Definitely. saying, man? You have to, um, we, we you know, they have to... Accept it. You know, a lot of people don't like to see DC sports happy, and they don't. They they want to. They want to see us keep staying where they like us to stay, and that's a place where we don't win. Yep. You know, like and, and and Michael Wilbur. I said that I saw a little segment of him talking about the um, Capitals and how DC sports fans aren't used to winning and all of this. And I'm like, you know, that's really not fair. Yeah, because yeah, it wasn't. When we lose, 
they love to talk about how DC sports fans are bad fans. They don't care about their teams when we lose, but when we win now, oh yeah, well they act like they ain't never won nothing. That's because you like to see us. At a oh yeah, well, when we win, you don't you know we lose first take and undisputed. It they were on there everywhere. But when we win, or when oh, the Wizards yeah. beat the Cavs yep. in the regular season, the Raiders can do something good. We're nowhere to be found on <laughs> national yeah. TV. Oh, why y'all happy? Why you happy? Why you you know right? You, you shouldn't be this happy. You know, act like you won right. before. It's <laughs> 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 a no-win situation. So hell. The yep. hell with them. If we win the championship, the yep. Capitals win the championship, talk your, excuse my French, shit. Talk it. Oh, they know I will because <laughs> I do it now already. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's why I say, you know, we, we deserve it, man. But, you know, we are coming to an end for this first show, man. It was fun, Damo, man. It was a blast, man. We are so glad to bring this to you. You know, shout out yep. to everybody that listened to us. Hopefully we can put this on a podcast for you, um, you know, some kind of archive where we can, you know, listen to this whenever you want to listen to it on your way to work, to work wherever you're going. But, Damo, any Definitely. closing thoughts for you, man? Um, So, you know, not not really any closing thoughts. I'm, I'm just watching this Celtics and Cavaliers game. You know, I'm going for the Celtics, of course. I'm still – I'm still sick yes, when, from the game when LeBron walked up to Gilbert at the free throw line. So, you know, I'm a basketball it's fan. It's a DC Justin, thing. So I love LeBron's game. I respect mm-hmm. the game before any player. But I need I need the Celtics to take this home. Yeah, it's, it's a DC thing, home. Damo. Especially with all these Kobe yeah, and with MJ debates. <laughs> and, you know, I hate to get into these debates, but I'm a Michael Jordan fan. I grew up on Michael Jordan. You know, that's my era. Yep. So Definitely. he was invincible to me, man. I mean, I've watched LeBron James' whole career. We've actually we graduated high school at the same time. Um, yep. But I feel like LeBron James is the second best player I watch. I just didn't. I don't mm-hmm. feel like he's the, as invincible as Michael Jordan when he walked on the court. And Not at call all. Call it the finals win, whatever you want to call it. But that's just my opinion. I mean, I felt like this guy would. He just was not going to lose when he stepped on the court, but. Yep. You know, I'm rooting for the Celtics. Hopefully the Celtics win. You know, I want to see something different. I don't want to see another – what would this be, the, what, fourth straight go to state Cleveland? If I know. I don't want to see that again. Yeah. You know. Me either. Yeah. So, if we can get just one different team in the finals this year, I'm I'm all with it. So, go Celtics tonight. Yep. Win game seven. You know, do it for the young guys. I like Brad Stevens. He comes from the Big East, my Georgetown yep. Hoyas basketball yep. conference. You know, and like I said, we're going to talk more Georgetown Hoyas, all that stuff, you know, in the future. Mac McClung, James Akinjo, all y'all, man. You know, y'all y'all holding down for the future. So, you know, but we are so glad to get this thing on the road, man. And we will be back for y'all, man. Shout out to y'all for listening. Thank you, everybody, for you tuning in. And, man, Damo, me and him, man, we got more coming for y'all, man. Definitely. So, yes, sir. All right, y'all.